Hello, everyone. Welcome to Town Talks, Season 2, Episode 2. I know you're usually uh, used to seeing Nick, our uh, normal host. He will be joining us later on in the episode. Uh, for now, I'm your host, Kayla Lewis, and today we are going to be talking about change. And that includes, you know, decisions throughout your life. You know, we have this concept when we grow up of like a cookie cutter process of, you know, you go to school, you get a job, you go to more school, you get married, you have kids, all these things, right? But it never seems to really work out that way, does it? Uh, so I have some people here today that are experts in change, and I wanted to pick their brains a little bit and just get some examples for you guys of what different paths through life can look like. Um, so up first, we are going to talk with Dr. Weber. Hey, everyone. Um, so I went the traditional route in which I went straight to college and then started looking for a job after I finished my bachelor's degree um, and managed to fall into working for the music for in the music business, um, doing public relations and marketing for a concert promoter, which led to working for a record label, which led to me having my own indie zine, I guess they were called at the time, which was in the skate shops and the record stores when that was the thing. You actually had to go buy CDs and music and stuff. Um, and I did that for a while and thought it was the greatest thing ever. I got free t-shirts. I got to meet cool people. Um, I got to interview bands like Incubus and Blink-182. Um, but over time, I was working all the time. I was working nights. I was working weekends. Free t-shirts don't pay the bills. <laughs> and so I just kept thinking, you know, this grind is just brutal and the business is cutthroat and I don't, I don't know if this is me. Um, and so I went back and got my master's at Cal State Fullerton and found out I could teach. Uh, with a master's degree. And so I actually started working at MSJC, um, our former department chair, but who's still at MSJC, Suzanne Yule, Dr. Yule, gave me a job teaching a public speaking class. And it was actually three weeks in, <laughs> but the instructor had just ghosted them. And so they were really like just needing a warm body to be in that <laughs> classroom and so I, I went I started I had no idea how to teach or how to do it all and I just it was you know throw her in the pool and let her swim and I loved it I mean there was nothing better um, and so little by little I realized that I didn't want to be in something that was money grubbing and more capitalists, if you will. And I wanted to be in something that was more service-based and more helping people. And so, you know, one department chair called another and said, you have a name and can you work here? And over time, this is sort of how the adjunct world works, is you end up teaching at a multitude of different institutions all over Southern California and online. And uh, I sort of made that switch. And then MSJC snagged me to come in and do the journalism program. And so for a good 10 years, nine years, I was teaching just comm classes. And so it was sort of another switch to go into this new 
um, program, which my degree is in and which I'm familiar with because I had my own magazine, but it's still different than just teaching public speaking and interpersonal communication and so on. And so definitely recommend the switch, especially if you're feeling like where you are is not where you're meant to be. Because once you do, then you can find more opportunities, better opportunities. Um, I couldn't work with better people in the world. I'm really happy with where I'm at. And it was an evolution and a progression, but I'm glad I'm not <laughs> still uh, picking up drunk bands from the airport <laughs> and making sure that they have everything that's on their rider um, and, and all of that stuff. So, so oh, that's well, my story. Go ahead. Uh, what would you say to people that are having that feeling of, you know, maybe this isn't the right place for me. I really have a passion for something else, but are afraid that, you know, maybe they, they might not make it or it won't work out the way that they expect it to. Well, what I did was I went to school and kept my job. So, you know, it was, it was night. It was not fast. I took one class at a time while I was working more than 60 hours a week so um and then I was didn't let go completely I had I was holding on over here still you know and so yeah. it wasn't like it was a I'm gonna let go and try and catch myself on the way down it was like okay let's network and eventually then I'm not going to need this so I can sort of let it go but it is definitely worth the gamble if you have to take one um, I think that change can be scary, but quite often the reasons why we don't make a change are usually just because uh, it's comfortable. It's what we know. Um, and you find out once you do at least let go with one hand that it's better on the other side or better. Um, yeah, that's. I love that. And actually, uh, I keep a plaque above my desk that says uh, great things never come from comfort zones. So mm -hmm. I love that you said, you know, it's not about you don't, you know, change, you're not going to be comfortable, but sometimes that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for sharing yeah. that with us, Dr. Weber. Um, next up in our uh, list of change experts is Mr. Victor Ortiz Jr. He has uh, gotten several degrees over the years and I wanted to uh, talk with him and see kind of how that uh, transpired for him. So, Victor? Uh, well, thank you so much, Kayla. And thank you so much, Dr. Weber. I really enjoyed um, learning about your, um, your experience. Um, so for me, um, just straight out, uh, ever since I was a kid, I always knew that I wanted to go to college. Um, it was just more for me, it was more along the lines of, you know, as a military child, uh, growing up everywhere and then returning to visit family in North Philadelphia, where I'm from, um, I saw firsthand the struggles and fear and the fear of poverty stricken neighborhoods in comparison to the world that I was growing up in. You know, I wondered how people who legitimately wanted to change their circumstances were stuck in an endless loop of crime, welfare checks, um, and you know, after all, in my mind anyway, one only <laughs> needed to want something bad enough in order to achieve it. 
At least that's what I thought. Um, uh, but anyway, this is what led me to healthcare. I wanted to understand how the socioeconomic system worked and how disparities within a system could be changed. So at, a, at the young age of 18, I, <laughs> I set out to change the world or at least a small part of it um, because this is what I had you know, decided would be my purpose. I wanted to fix a system plagued with issues. Um, uh, you know, many years later, I've learned that it's not about comfort in a situation, but that some people might feel resigned to their circumstances because their voices aren't being heard. Um, but um, just to rewind here a little bit, I have a I have a bachelor's degree in um, business administration, and then my master's degree is in healthcare administration. Um, but throughout the trajectory of my career, I've just kind of noticed that, you know, I wasn't, ha I wasn't happy in healthcare leadership. You know, I, I learned that personal bias and opinions often cloud better judgment in arriving at any real change impossible. Um, so, you know, sitting in meetings consistently all day long, all day strong, just kind of uh, having conversations about the same thing over and over and over again, yet we don't arrive at any, at any real change or any resolution, it, it bothered me because I've always, again, I'm someone that I wanted to see a change. I wanted to see it, see it better, you know, um, and just a concept, you know, just, just just sitting in a meeting, meetings all day long and discussing wasn't my idea of fun. I also didn't like um, consistently being in uh, behind a computer, just kind of uh, running on uh, Microsoft Excel and running numbers. I've never been a numbers person, so I really have. I never really intended on being in a career that involved numbers. It just kind of worked out that way. Um, so I. You know, this is something that I had been thinking about for very many years. I would talk to my sister about it, would talk to my friends about it, about changing careers. But it's just, as Dr. Weber mentioned, it's very, it's, it's, it's really scary. Change is scary for people. You just, you become comfortable with it and it's a routine. And then once somebody throws in a little wrench and, you know, that kind of changes your routine around a little bit, all of a sudden you're in really, you're in unknown territory and you don't know what you're doing. I mean, it's happened, I mean, I'm in it now. You know, I, I decided that with the pandemic, you know, so many things were changing. It just kind of made me realize that life is really too short to not to go to work every day and pretend to smile, especially as a leader, you have to, you have to, you have to be an example. If not, well, then you're kind of labeled as one of those bad, not so great leaders. Uh, so, um, I quit my job earlier this year. I quit a career that I had um, built over the course of seven years. Uh, I used, I was once upon a time an operations manager, and I decided to go uh, full fledged into journalism. Um, I had always enjoyed writing. Um, I had always aspired to write a novel, uh, a fictional novel anyway. But I do love I do love having intellectual conversations or even having conversations with people just to kind of hear their ideas, because sometimes the way that I think may not necessarily be the way the world really is. Um, sometimes I think that sometimes in my mind, it's the ideal world, utopia, but utopia doesn't really exist, does it? Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I turned to journalism because in order to change something for me anyway, or at least I hope, um, in order to change something on a large scale, you know, one has to reach a larger audience. 
to help people understand those why questions, because I feel that a lot of people, they, they either ask the question or don't know how to ask the question. And as journalists, um, I think that it's our job to kind of try to make sense of it and try to help people make sense of it. You know, and I, you know, I understand that, you know, not everybody's going to agree with, with the truth that you're saying, but you know, it's the point is, is that you have to at least try and try to reach as many people so that there isn't so much division. Um, so that's kind of how I got here. Um, I couldn't agree more with that. I, I think it's really important as journalists, you know, we not only do we ask the questions, but we we find the answers and we give a voice to people um, and to their issues so that we can help them find solutions. So I think it's really uh, it's really admirable and really brave of you to uh, make that jump over and uh, where I'm I'm excited to see what you write about and what changes you're going to make in the world, Victor. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, all right, so uh, next up we have Dr. Newman and he is going to talk to us about another path to uh, get to the traditional success. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, my path is not, uh, <clears throat> not the same as Victor and Dr. Weber's. Um, uh, in high school, um, I was not on the college path. That was not really even something that, you know, back, I'm, I'm older than everyone else here, but, you know, back then college was for certain kids and I wasn't that kid. So I got a job after high school um, and that was going to be my, my life. Um, and I bounced around from jobs. I worked at Stater Brothers for, for a while. I worked at Del Taco. I worked at Roundtable Pizza. And I know Dr. Weber's like, oh, round table. Now I'm that explains some things. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I wound up in, uh, in sales. So <clears throat> in sales back then, this is back in the 80s, you could make a fair amount of money um, without a college education. So um, I spent, you know, really almost, uh, you know, 15, almost 20 years in, in retail um, and worked my, my way up into management. I worked at Circuit City and um, got into sales management, uh, went over to Best Buy. And at one point, my, I was a, an assistant general manager, so I was a, an operations manager. And my, the general manager for the store was saying, hey, Ron, I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to uh, move up into uh, a district position. You're going to take over the store. You're going you're gonna, to um, run this, uh, this Best Buy. Um, you're my successor, right? So he's, he's anointing me. And I'm looking at the at his job, and um, we were all scheduled, you know, ten hour days, five days a week, holidays. You'd get six days a week, but the reality was you're salaried, so you're working twelve hours a day, and you know, in the holidays you're working six. And I'm looking at him, and, and, and he's working 12, 14 hour days, six days a week, and then on his one day's day off, he's calling into the store to find out what the numbers are. So, you know, this is your life. Um, and I realized, no, this, this really isn't the life that I, I, I want, right? So I had dabbled in college a couple of times. I had gone to community college um, on and off. Um, and 
uh, talking to my wife, she she found a, a job that I could do that wasn't retail, but was kind of retail adjacent. And that was teaching vocational education at a high school. And I was teaching um, small business management and retail merchandising uh, at a high school. So that allowed me to go back to college because, you know, I, I had tried to tried to work a school schedule around a retail management schedule and it just doesn't work because you just can't get the consistent days off and and you know never mind time for homework or whatever you just can't go to mm. class and we didn't have online classes back then so um so i taught high school uh did that for six years uh, while i got my uh, bachelor's in vocational education with minors in communication and marketing um and then i got my master's in uh, communication studies and uh, started teaching community college um, I had originally gone back and I was going to get a, a degree in business like Victor, business administration degree, and uh, took a comm class and realized I really enjoyed that. I really liked that. So I switched my major um, there. Um, but I came out of um, with my master's in 2006 and I had started teaching community college and I actually quit the high school in 2008. And if uh, any of you remember uh, what was going on in 2008, I quit my full-time job and uh, was just working part-time. And I, I had worked myself up into uh, something like nine or 10 classes because that could you know, pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the recession happened. And I, in, in a matter of three days, I went from being scheduled for, I think, nine classes down to being scheduled for four classes. Uh, so, you know that was a shocker going into uh, community college. So, um, but hung with it. Um, luckily my wife also teaches community college so we kind of make it work. Um, but uh, yeah, just, just hung in there and uh, got to the point where um, I got an interim uh, full-time position. Then I got another interim full-time position then I got the full-time position. So, um, it, it took a while. It took, you know, 10 years of, of um, being part-time uh, on top of the six years of, you know, working at a high school to get to this place. Um, for me, it was, uh, it was never really a jarring change all that much. I mean, it was a, it was a shock in 2008, but because I went from uh, being a manager, where as a manager in retail, a lot of your time is training and you're, you're training students. So, so to go from being a manager, training employees to being a teacher, teaching people how to, and I was doing the same subject. So it was really just, you know, I got rid of the key carrying and the cash handling and, and the, the, all of that stuff. And then just, just did the training. So that was a nice, easy transition. And then going from teaching high school to teaching college. You're still teaching, um, and it, it's it's funny because we you know in in retail it's if you can sell you can sell it doesn't matter what the product is, and if you can teach you can teach it really doesn't matter what the subject is, um, but similar to what Dr. Weber said where she kind of just uh, was dumped in and said here's your class go teach it um, that's kind of how I was with the high school. Um, they just said, here's your class. I had never, I, I didn't know what a rubric was. I didn't know what a lesson plan was. 
I didn't know anything. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty stressful, but, um, you know, not as stressful as, uh, Black Friday at a Best Buy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Love and that. Just to bounce off what you're saying, one of the things I always tell people is, um, it always seems like everyone knows what they're doing, right? Um, nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, we all do to a degree, but my day-to-day -day is constantly learning new stuff. And so if that's what's holding you back, uh, we're all faking it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, make it till you make it. Essentially. I've been teaching, I've been teaching for <laughs> almost 20 years. What is this? Uh, I started teaching in 2002. And so almost 20 years now I've been, I've been teaching and there's still stuff that, that, you know, I'm learning about. Um, and then you bring in technology in different formats that, you know, you're always learning. Um, but, you know, again, you know, not to, throw out a bunch of cliches, but you know, you're growing or you're dying. Mm -hmm. So you're always going to be learning. You're always going to be getting better at your craft or retire time to time to time to do something else. So agree with that. You, we yeah. have to be evolving because things are not staying the same ever. Yep. Yeah. The only thing, only, only thing that doesn't change is change. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Sure. Yep. True. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us, Dr. Newman. Uh, I love that you, you know, you demonstrate that it doesn't matter when you decide you want to have that change. Like if, if it feels like the right thing to do, go for it and you'll, you can be successful. Yeah. I started my associate's degree in, you know, cause I'm old. I started my associate's degree in 1987 when I first went to a community college. And I got my, my associates in 2003. So it took me 16 years to get a two-year degree. Um, so just plug away at it. Keep going. You can um, do it. Yeah. yeah. Determination yeah. will get and, you very far. And I didn't get it until I was, you know, mid-30s. And, you know, I didn't get my doctorate until I was mid-50s. So, you know, um, and yeah, I, I'm done with degrees for now because I just got my doctorate. Um, but you know, I, you never know in 10 years, I might decide that I want to do something else. You know, this is, this is a career. Like I said, I've been doing it for 20 years. I did retail for about 20 years. So, you know, no, not me. I'm good. good <laughs> I don't I know. I might open a wood shop and start selling Adirondack chairs at the fairs on the weekends. Well, so. in that case, then I'll buy one. There you go. Now you gotta buy two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they come in pairs. Two. Uh, How about I mean, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I could, I could certainly see myself transitioning to another career as, you know, if I, you know, wind down uh, teaching, go into retirement and, and do something completely different than, than what I've done before. So. How about Hello. you, Kayla? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, I, when I was growing up, I always pictured myself, you know, going to college and you know, getting a bachelor's degree and moving on from there. I, I, I didn't have a definitive, like, this is what I want to be, you know, like I didn't really figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up until like a year ago. Um, and, you know, that's still subject to change as we've been talking about. Um, but 
uh, it's actually it's funny that you mentioned uh, what happened in 2008 because that was also uh, a pretty uh, pivotal point for me as well. Um, I was just starting high school um, when the housing market crashed. And so um, my parents, my mom had always been stay at home because I'm the oldest of five kids. Um, and my dad uh, teaches middle school. And so, you know, raising a family of seven on a teacher's salary, especially in an economic recession, like it, it was, it was really, it was really crazy. And we went from, you know, doing pretty well to um, my parents had to file for bankruptcy so that we could like keep our house. Um, so that affected um, my ability to go to college in a really big way because my parents' philosophy was always that um, school was your job. So you didn't work while you were going to school because then, you know, your grades might not be as good. And, you know, we were shooting for excellence and scholarships and that sort of thing. So um, when that all happened, uh, I, you know, it was a very stressful time for, all, you know, everyone and my family included. And uh, my grades started to slip a little bit. Um, I was playing water polo um, to kind of just have something to do, have an outlet for all that stress. And, um, but uh, long story short, I didn't end up with any sort of uh, scholarship at the end, you know? And so um, the option was like, okay, well then, you know, what about student loans? And because of my parents' financial situation and the fact that I had no credit history, no job, you know, anything, um, I didn't even qualify for student loans. So then, you know, plan B for me was always uh, to join the military. Um, I have a pretty strong family history of military service. Um, I have grandparents and aunts and uncles that were in, you know, various branches during all the different wars. And we go back to um, the Civil War on one side of the family and, um, you know, World War One, World War II, Vietnam, um, even up to present day with, uh, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, so that was always um, a path that I considered, uh, but it wasn't ever really like my goal, you know, uh, but life happened. And so um, in the interest of, you know, getting out on my own and spreading my wings, uh, I decided to join the Navy. And uh, originally I was I went in and signed up to be uh, part of their air crew rescue, which is the people that go out in helicopters and uh, jump out of the helicopter in the middle of the ocean to save somebody from like a shipwreck or something like that. Because, um, you know, water polo is a strong swimmer, just kind of made sense in my head. Um, and then I went to take the ASDAB and scored really well. And then my recruiter was like, oh, well, you know, I know you already signed this contract, but have you considered working in our nuclear power program and I was like no what's you know what's that and uh, basically the um, aircraft carriers and submarines in our navy all run on nuclear power plants um, and so um, you know I had always been interested in like math and science engineering physics all that fun stuff um, so it's like all right I could I could do that and so I you know that was my first or I guess maybe second change. Um, and I went and joined the nuclear power program and uh, two years of schooling later in the Navy 
um, they picked me to stay and teach at the third school. It's an actual, um, it's a submarine that's been modified basically to operate next to the pier so that we can work with a real reactor plant um, to teach our operators before they go out like on a real boat or submarine or uh, carrier. Uh, so I stayed there and I taught other people, um, you know, how to operate a reactor plant, reactor theory, um, maintenance uh, and uh, casualties, all that stuff, like basically everything you need to know so that um, the Navy would never be responsible for the next, you know, Chernobyl, Fukushima, Three Island, all that good stuff. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life. I love teaching and especially that like it, it basically like college age because, you know, obviously you have to be 18 to join the service. Um, so it was just really, really cool for me to see and get to meet all these people from around the country and even some around the world. Like, you know, we had um, military children like yourself, Victor, that, you know, grew up or were born overseas and then, you know, had been kind of all over the place. Um, so that was, where I was at, I was like, I love this. I'm going to keep doing this. And then obviously, you know, teaching time came to an end. They sent me to a carrier up in Norfolk, Virginia in the shipyard. And I was then switching to the other side of, you know, going out and operating um, one of these, you know, big insane machines uh, and uh, had a lot of struggles in my personal life. And I ended up, um, having some pretty major uh, mental health issues. And uh, so that, that was where the, the next change started for me. It was basically, you know, my, um, my brain could not keep up with, you know, the rigor and the stress and um, just the, uh, the crazy schedules and, the, and all, the, all the inconsistencies um, that come with being in the service. And so um, I was actually medically retired. And, um, you know, my goal when I uh, joined was to do 20, maybe even 30 years, you know, I really, I really fell in love with it. And so it was, it was pretty devastating to be told that I wasn't allowed to do that anymore, you know, and the, you know, the kicker was, um, I couldn't go into that field as a civilian either um, because of my diagnoses. So I wasn't allowed to take these almost seven years of training and education and apply it to you know, the same field on the outside. And uh, so I really just felt like you know, somebody had tossed me out in the middle of the ocean and flown away and said, you know, find your way back to shore. Um, and like had weights tied to my ankles or something like, you know, it was just like, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. And, um, you know, for a little while, uh, I really just focused on, um, taking care of me and, you know, getting myself back to a healthy place mentally and physically, um, so that I could be effective in the world in general, you know, I mean, just basic things like, you know, it, it seems silly to say now, but I mean, even just making sure that I got out of bed and ate three meals every day and that I took a shower every day, uh, you know, it, it really started on that small of a scale. Um, 
And with the help and support of my friends and family, I, you know, slowly started making my way back to that healthy place. Um, and then, you know, I decided it was time to go look for a job because, you know, having money is nice and you can't really, <laughs> you can't really get by without it. Um, you know, my parents were uh, gracious enough to let me move back in with them because um, I also, in the process, lost everything. Um, I myself ended up having to file for bankruptcy and I was fresh out of a divorce and it was just, it, it was not in a stable place um, really on any front. So um, when I was looking for jobs, you know, I like I had all this experience on my resume, but it didn't apply to much of any of the positions I was looking into, you know, like I, even with all that training, you know, I mean, but by the time all is said and done, when you finish that program, you essentially have the equivalent of a bachelor's in nuclear engineering. Um, but it was, it honestly, it felt kind of useless. Like I had wasted all this time because I really only qualified for entry level positions. Uh, you know, my, my first job out of the service was uh, working at a snack bar at a local bowling alley, you know, um, and it was working with kids that were still in high school or fresh out of high school. And I was in my early to mid twenties um, without a college degree, without, you know, all of these things. Um, and so, you know, that was where I started and I was like, okay, well, I think, you know, I've got the job thing in a pretty good spot. I'm going to go back to school. And so I started at MSJC um, in the fall of 2019. And the original plan was to major in math so that I could um, pursue teaching in that field. Because kind of like what you were saying, Dr. Newman, if you can teach, you can teach. It doesn't matter what the subject is. Um, so I was going to be a math professor. Um, and the first, uh, the first year went pretty well. Um, and then uh, the pandemic happened in 2020. And uh, I had, uh, I had uh, somewhere in there, I had switched jobs from the bowling alley to uh, TJ Maxx. So, you know, now retail, but still again, you know, that entry level spot, but it was just, I want to do something, keep some money coming in. Um, and when the pandemic happened, the, you know, retail shut down. So I was furloughed. And um, so I was kind of scrambling. And at the time, Amazon was hiring. Um, I think they, at the time, they said they were hiring something like 400,000 employees nationwide. And so I went and applied to work at their warehouse in Carlsbad. Um, and then so I was working nights, um, processing anywhere from 15 to 25,000 packages a day. Um, which, yeah, uh, do you want to talk about being, uh, being tired and being sore and then, you know, going to, going to school on the flip side. So, um, long story short that, uh, that didn't work out for very long. I ended up actually getting hurt on the job and then was out on workers comp. Um, and my family, um, we, let's see, the shutdown started, uh, St. Patrick's Day, I think it was the 17th of March. Um, and by April 19th, I had COVID and so did everyone else in my house. And so uh, that was a struggle. My dad ended up in the hospital and um, 
he's okay now, but it was definitely a scary time. And, you know, our whole family was kind of at a standstill because, uh, you know, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything, we're stuck in the house. Uh, fortunately, um, we have a pretty amazing support system and community and they came together and helped us, you know, make sure that we had groceries and that, you know, we had food to eat. And um, so, you know, that helped us get through, you know, our own time, but then it was a transition of, okay, now the whole world is shut down. The whole world is changing around us. Um, and I did not do well with online school. Um, there was just something about it. Uh, I don't, and I, I mean, I tried synchronous, I tried asynchronous. It really didn't seem to matter. Like I, we would do the zoom calls and it'd be fine. But then, you know, the, the discussion boards and the, it, it just seemed like there was a lot of like extra assignments that you wouldn't maybe necessarily do in an in-person class. And I've come to realize now that that's because, you know, you do, you spend a lot of time doing work when you're in class, you know, the professors make these class activities and you have discussions and, you know, so all of those assignments were replacements for those things, but it didn't make it any easier. <laughs> uh, so that throughout all of that, um, I, my mental health kind of started uh, spiraling down again and actually ended up in the hospital a couple of times over the last um, year or so. And I realized that a lot of it was because I wasn't happy. You know, um, I, I had chosen math because it was something that I knew and that I knew I was good at, you know, I, I could be successful with it if I put the effort in, but I honestly found myself pretty miserable. And I realized it's because I just, I wasn't passionate about it. Um, and my passion has always been people. Um, so uh, I, I spent over this last uh, summer, I met with one of our counselors in the Veteran Resource Center and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm considering a major change. Um, I like writing, I like art, um, but I'm trying to figure out how I can make a career out of that, you know, because they say, you know, you get a degree in math and you can do all sorts of things with that. Um, but I wasn't sure, you know, where to go. And then they said, that um, this fall was going to be the start of the journalism program. And I was, I immediately was, you know, it piqued my interest. I was excited. I was like, wait, really? Like I can, I can travel. I can talk to people and tell their stories. And, you know, I can incorporate my love for photography and even like my love for poetry. You know, I, I'm figuring all these ways to incorporate things that I love and that I'm passionate about into a career and into something where I can use my skills, but also, you know, acquire new ones and meet new people. And so I started networking and I was talking with some of my friends and some of my professors and said, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Um, and uh, one of my professors um, last year, uh, Miss Rachel Holt, uh, I was taking her um, history of dance class and uh, one of the projects she had us do was to compare and contrast two styles of classical dance. And I ended up writing a poem for it. And uh, she liked it so much that she asked if it could be published in the school newspaper in the Talon. And so um, I was just blown away. I was, you know, like I, I did something that I loved and 
somebody liked it enough to put it out into the world, you know, and say like, Hey, this is, this is awesome. Like, come check this out, you know? And so that was really when I realized this could be a real thing. You know, I think before that it was more of a hope and a dream. Um, and then, you know, in that moment, like, see, you know, pulling up a website and seeing my work on there, I was just like, that was it for me. You know, I, I was, I was sold, you know, science feel delivered. I'm yours. Like, um, so now, you know, I'm working my way through uh, the journalism program and I'm incorporating digital media and photography and, and meeting all these wonderful people and helping run a podcast and, and a newspaper, you know, things that I never, ever imagined doing. Um, but I can honestly say that I've never been happier or felt more fulfilled than just like I have this piece that I'm I'm doing what I was meant to do with my life um so it makes me very happy that this came along at just the right time for you yeah like (laughs) it's it's crazy like small world you know everything kind of comes full circle Um, very cool amazing thank you hi Cynthia thanks for joining us how are you Cynthia (laughs) I'm doing great. I just came out of a class, so that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, well, we're but happy that you could join us. I appreciate you joining us. <laughs> yeah, you guys' stories are really great. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, and you uh, you mentioned to me earlier, Cynthia, that you um, are in the process of maybe considering a major change yourself. Could you talk to us about that a little bit? Uh, I don't like change. <laughs> so, okay. Well, since we're going back a little bit, I'm going to tell you my story. Um, So when I start, okay, so you guys seen the Top Gun story, right? Like Uh that movie? When I saw it when I was younger, I loved it. And I thought, I'm going to go into the Air Force, you know, do something like that. And then when I got epilepsy, I didn't know you can't have epilepsy you know all that so my senior year of high school I'm like okay you know I told my mom and she's like you know you can't do that right and I was like thank you thank you very much (laughs) I was so crushed for not being able to go to the like military um so then I had to start thinking of options like what am I gonna do now like I don't really have any other interests so I started thinking of marine biologist and then I just kind of faded away, but I do still love like wildlife. I always, I do my best to donate. There's this website, um, like wildlife collections and you can donate track animals. Oh my God. I love it. Um, then, so I then pursued, um, like law enforcement, but then lost interest a little bit. Uh, so then I, my mom said, you're, you're really good with kids. Why not do like child development? So that's what I stuck with. But now that I'm finishing up with child development, I'm kind of like, maybe I want to go a different direction with this. I don't know if I want to go like actually change my major, like business, um, or actually go back to marine biologist, or if I actually want to, um, branch out and like add a second um what do you call it degree which would be like maybe social worker um like child life specialist 
there's so much that I just want to do. There is so much in this world that, I mean, you, you got to face. I'm still young. I'm still exploring. I, I'm trying to live my life. I mean, when I joined um, the talent this year, I didn't know I was going to be doing this. <laughs> like you said, I am... I was always a shy person. So to be kind of like an outgoing person now, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I feel like the talent does that to you. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Yeah. It brings you out of your shell. Yeah. And Cynthia yeah. messaged me and she's like, oh, you know, I need your advice. <laughs> and you know, you yeah. would be surprised how many people come to me and say the same thing. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. What should I do? Or how do I go yeah. about it? Or, um, and so I don't think you're alone. And I think that's the beauty of community colleges is that it doesn't cost a lot of money to kind of uh, paddle around in the ocean for mm-hmm. a little while until you find your school of fish. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know, there's so much you could do and there's no one stopping you from doing it you just have to believe in yourself so we'll find a spot for you Cynthia yeah I don't know if I can deal with those lesson plans (laughs) find a a spot for you yeah Yeah, well I think the the overall consensus I'm getting from you know hearing all of our stories is that you know it's it's really important to believe in yourself to trust yourself and to have courage in the face of fear you know um and people hear that oh well you know I'm not I'm not courageous I'm not brave you know because I'm scared but the thing is like just because you're afraid doesn't mean you don't have courage it just means that there's Mm -hmm. something else that means more to you um than the fact that you're afraid so I feel like people I'm sorry um, oh, I feel like people believe in more of the word can't than can. That's mm-hmm. what I hear out of people. And I that's what I would usually say is I can't do that. I can't do that. But now that I'm older, I'm like, I can do that. Like, why can't I? Who's stopping me? Exactly. Yeah. The way we talk to ourselves is so, so important. It's it's pivotal because, mm-hmm. you know, I forget who said it, but uh, there's a saying that says, you know, whether you tell yourself you can or you can't, you're right you know it's true. like you Henry Ford quote it. thank yes. you for that yes. um, yeah so were you going to say something Dr. Lover? I was going to say since Nick isn't here we're going to throw to him yes so shout Nick. out to Nick and Take over, Nick. You wanna... <laughs> Nick go sorry, ahead and sorry. say what you were going to say thank you Kayla so my change started when I arrived at MSJC I wanted to be a theater teacher when I was in high school because my theater teacher in high school made such an impact on me when I was in the program and I wanted to do the same for others. So I joined MSJC as a theater major and that's what happened to me. I continued on the path to become a theater teacher and I joined the Talon. And my mind just changed from being a theater teacher to 
being involved in the newspaper and being a video editor. And now I just love video editing. And that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. So I guess you can say plans do change. All right, so. Uh, thank you, Nick. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, and uh, I think that's gonna go ahead and wrap things up for us. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us for Town Talks Season 2, Episode 2. And I hope that uh, we were able to give you a little bit of courage uh, if you're considering a change. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>